Seder night, which, which, as we as we know the you know the history of the Seder night, and and the way we we treated by the ability to say Hallel, which we never say Hallel uh, at night, and we have so many mitzvahs to do at night, which is also unusual in our in our yearly calendar. We we just uh, never have that many mitzvahs that we perform. Um, at night, um, tells us that that the night is a the night of the seder is not a night, but rather a window into the co- connecting together the past and the future, it, and that's really have to, how we have to envision and celebrate. The night—it's where, we, like we said yesterday, it's a t- t- the night where we calibrate ourselves and, and we test ourselves. What excites us? What makes us into Jews? What, what what excites us about being a Jew? What excites us about not just in the performance but in in our thought process? You know, they they ask a question. I saw it was asked by oh the Telzer Rosh Hashiva in Europe. Rabbi Yosef Leif Telzer wrote a sefer called um, um, Shiure Das. I think Rabbi Gershwin used to quote it a lot, Shiure Das. And it's there are shkafa, and, and uh, it even tells today there's only certain people that could give something that's called Shiure Das. Ones who have the Messiah of what the Hashkafa has to, Hashkafa of Torah is all about. So there he asks a very basic question. He says, Here you have this guy, Maisha Rabbeinu, who, by the way, you know, is not mentioned in the, in the Haggadah. And, and he comes to Paro and, and tells him, Hello, Paro, you know, sometimes he surprises him at the, in the, by the, the Torah said, Hashem tells him, Go meet him in the, by the lake in the morning. And sometimes he came to visit him in his palace. And he was telling him, listen, let the Jewish people out. So he thinks, oh, you, you know, he has all his ministers there. He says, what would this cost us? He says, well, there are entire workforce. So all the, you know, the union uh, uh, authorities are there, there's cabinet members, and they say this would destroy our whole economy if we let out all of our workers. We don't pay them anything. You know, and and uh, and we have to get all this work done, and everything would come to a screeching halt. So I don't think it's a good idea. So he says, "Well, God says you should let them out." So he says, "Well, that's a good, that's a very nice request. I don't, I'm not familiar with this God." And if you look at the the parshias, you know, this is the whole discussion that he has with. And then he says, "Well, if you don't, then I'm going to bring you plagues." So. He, he laughs at him. He says he has. He does these signs with the snake, with the, with the other signs that he showed him, and and uh, Paro's um, magicians seem to be able to perform all the all of those tricks that that seemed that Moshe was doing. Now, did did Paro really believe that it was exactly the same? Absolutely not. Uh, they just looked. The same. Um, it was. It was uh, in the political ar- arena. It was close enough. The snakes were not snakes, and the blood was not blood that uh, his magicians created. 
Moshe's was a snake. His staff turned into a real snake. If you dissected that staff when it was a snake, you would find snake inside. When you dissected the, the staff of the Egyptians that looked like a snake, it would be a piece of wood through and through, just that had certain magical m- movements uh, that looked like a snake. It was uh, fantastic. It was something uh, outstanding, but it wasn't a snake. And the same thing with the blood. If you put it under a microscope, it would not be blood. But Moshe's would be blood totally through and through. So the question is, one plague after another plague, Moshe is coming, promising there'll be a plague, and as he says, that's what came true. Why, when Moshe walked into Parah, why didn't he kill him? He wasn't listening to what the king says. He was undermining the, the, you know, the king's authority. And he was bringing these terrible plagues upon him and his uh, family and his... And his, his he asked, why, why didn't uh, Paro kill him? Matthew Solomon brings this in his wonderful, wonderful Haggadah um, called Matnas Chaim. It's a very beautiful Haggadah. I'm not sure... Not sure where it's, it'll probably be translated to English someday, but it's uh, really fantastic. Matnas Chaim came out a number of years ago, but it's uh, I think from the, has chapters on in Yoni Hashkafa, then it has the, a running commentary on the Haggadah as well. But he asks he asks this this question, and and you know the basic answer is that. There were, there were principles of faith that had to be taught. And this is what, uh, and the, as the Ramban says, there were levels of, of uh, emuna that the world had to become familiar with. There's the basic emuna, who created the world? Did someone create? Is there a creator? Which, of course, is a very base level uh, emuna which I, I think, there, I don't know how many people there are in this world that really actually believe in the Big Bang and, and that, that there was no creator. <laughs> and it's a, you have to have bigger faith to believe that, that things just happen on their own evolution. Uh, you know, nothing ev- evolved ever since, yeah. right? And, 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 uh, and uh, you know, we really don't believe in evolution in our, in our lives that... W- you know, we leave out a piece of meat that it's going to grow into a, an animal. If we leave it long enough, you know, you're going to, you have to throw it, it's going to become rancid and, <laughs> and it's going to decompose. That's what, that's what we know. Uh, and, and everything else, we don't, we don't, we don't believe, really believe in evolution because we don't, we don't use it in our, in our, in our lives. So that, but that's a very basic, but that of course was, was proven uh, through the Makkas, but of course a more deeper level of, of, uh, of Emunah, as the Ramban says, that Akash Baruch knows what's going on in the world, even after he created the world. That's the second level. And of course the third level is that Hashem not only created the world and he knows what's going on, but that he actually can affect and, and is involved in the nitty-gritty details of the ongoing processes of the world, which is what we call Hashgacha Pratis, that is, is, a, is, an amazing, is an amazing thing. And that is something high, that's a high level emunah, because that already uh, affects us in our daily lives, that what we do 
you know, we go for a job interview or we go for, we have an idea, we want to implement it, or a person has a, a setback or he has a tremendous success, how does he deal with that? And the Chayvus Havavus, again, I, I, I have to happen to be learning it before davening, so I'm quoting from it on, in chapter 4. So he talks about how does a person deal with tremendous successes in his efforts? He, has, he makes an investment or he starts a business venture and he's tremendously successful. How does he deal with that compared to the emuna? And, and he teaches us that the person has to say to himself that, that I thank Hashem that my efforts were not in vain. But I know it's from Hashem that he made my efforts and blessed my efforts to be successful. And this is part of why a person, people go to a, a, a Talmud Chacham or to a, a Rebbe to, for a bracha and before they go into business and everything. Part of that is that I believe that, that it's God who's going to bless my successes and not just my, I, I evaluated the marketplace and I evaluated my business plan and it makes sense on paper and, and, and all the experts say it's, it's a good venture and it's something that the community needs and it's some, the, in, the, you know, the industry and I have a good marketing plan and blah, 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 blah. But when I have success or I don't have success, we have to understand that it's it's part of the emuna, a part of that uh, Baruch is we thank him for blessing my efforts, and we try to understand why my efforts were not successful. But it's not I don't take the credit. I'm not blaming myself. It's not always a a big blessing when a person is tremendously successful. It's not a punishment when a person is not successful. That's also, not a clear cut, uh, but we have to have a muna that it is from Hashem. And we have to understand when we are tremendously successful, we have to make sure that it doesn't go to my head. I don't uh, become haughty, I don't become uh, arrogant. And therefore, the, as Masil Sisharm tells us, that uh, wealth is a greater uh, test and nisayon than poverty. Because poverty inherently makes a person humble. And humility is, can naturally lead a person to, to uh, you know, uh, reach out to God or to believe in God or to strengthen his, his uh, efforts in God. But when a person is, is wealthy and everybody's running after them and they look at them and put them on a pedestal, that, go, that easily goes to a person's head and he starts thinking that he's the, you know, he is the... the uh, greatest thing that in God's world, right? The greatest gift, and and uh, you know, uh, he owns everybody, and everybody praises him, and and therefore he starts he he will he can start being arrogant and start being complacent, and and that leads to a lot of dangerous, very dangerous. Uh, um, Thoughts and habits, and and uh, and all types of dangerous things. Um, but the seder at the seder night, we you know we're trying to deal with that, and and in a way, Paro, in his in his interaction with Moshe Rabbeinu, he really he knew everybody knows, and this is the 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 aside. Paro did not kill Moshe. Because he realized that there, this is the truth. 
that Moshe is, is not in it for himself. How did Paro know this? This is part of the unique backdrop of the story, is that Moshe was raised in Paro's house. That, and therefore Moshe was the, the perfect person to speak to Paro, to deal with him, because he knew his language. He knew the culture. He knew the family. He was part of the family. He was a, and, and uh, we, we always ask the question, it says, what kind of uh, education is that? You know, we like our children to go to uh, good schools, good yeshivas and everything. Here, Moshe was raised in, in the house of Paro. Uh, how can that be good? Uh, where's that going to take him? But as, as we know, every person has an individualized mission in life, and the individualized mission of life for, for Moshe Rabbeinu to be the emissary, to be the leader, the one who can talk to Paro and to deal with the culture of Paro. Uh, you know, the Rambam writes, uh, as we know, that uh, the, the whole episode in Egypt is, is, a, is a, a metaphor for life itself, for our, our interactions between the Yetzer Tov and the Yetzer Hara. Paro, of course, is, is, is the metaphor for the Yetzirah, the Rambam says. And Moshe is the Yetzir Tov, the Neshama, right? And that's another reason why his name is not in the Haggadah, because he represents the Neshama, which is there but not seen. No one can deny it's the life force, even though we might not, they don't know the, the, the term for it, but it's the life source. We have a dead body, Right? We say in the morning, and as long as the soul is in my body, it's alive. We, we say, I acknowledge when we wake up in the morning, uh, here I am. I'm rebooted, you know, uh, with all, everything that I've experienced, all, everything of, of my experience, of past experiences, there I am, I wake up in the morning. We don't, we're not on a blank slate, which is part of, that's the neshama, carrying with it and, and, and bringing life into the body. Once again, every morning, we acknowledge that, and we say, okay, now we move on in our journey uh, through life, through our, uh, in our tests, trials and tribulations, and and uh, and but th- so this is this is another reason why Moshe's name is not in the in the in the Haggadah because it, it's we're, we're learning about our real life, our that our soul is supposed to be hidden. It's not seen. We can't see it. Rabbi Weinberg, my Rosh Hashiv, used to say, Noach Weinberg's brother and his Rebbe, he held these as Rebbe. He used to say that uh, he said there was a. Um, I think a German philosopher that had a the human body dissected, and he says I didn't find the soul. So, so he asked, "This is an intelligent person. With what instrument are you are you looking for? With an X-ray? With a with a scalpel? What with what instrument are you looking for the soul?" <laughs> you know, it's a, but but even you have a carcass, a cadaver on one. Thing and you have a live person, you, you put a, a knife into the cadaver, it doesn't budge, right? And you put a, a knife into the live body, it's going to jump. What's the difference? They're both the same age, the same... You know, one has a soul, one doesn't have a soul. You won't be able to dissect it and find the soul, but 
the it's it's apparent that this one has the life source. This doesn't have a life source. So obviously, if it does have a life source, then we have to we have to search and find out how do you keep this the life source in the body, right? Uh, how do you maintain it? How do you nourish it? How do you take care of it? How do you make it uh, uh, successful? How do you make it uh, healthy? And this is what the this is what the seder is all about. We move away. Uh, in the to from the chametz, which is the you know chametz and matzah are basically flour and water. Just chametz has the yeast that makes it inflated, makes it look uh, beautiful and 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 and. Uh, but those 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 are also the 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 trappings of the of the yitzhara. The comparison between matzah and, and chametz, um, and therefore in Pesach we go back to we go back to a time of of kuloi matzah. We say in the Manishtana, right? You know the kids ask it, and we sing it, and everything. But sometimes we also have to think about it. Manishtana laila zemikol halilois. All year round, we are we entertain ourselves with chametz or matz. We choose, you know, we have to live our lives and and navigate ourselves through the trials and tribulations and tests and challenges of the successes of life and the setbacks of life and navigate with emuna with simcha with. Um, Without, without jealousies, that we we see someone else being successful, we see we 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 can't take the approach that you know we must be so awful and so terrible, and we have to check our mezuzahs and we have to do all types of external things. No, that's not the approach. We have to deal with it and say, what is Hashem teaching? Maybe it's the, it's the biggest blessing that uh, I'm not being successful right now in this endeavor because maybe there's something I don't even see. That if I would be successful, it would lead me to, to other relationships and associations, and or I'm not ready for that type of success. And who knows what it is? This is what the, this is what the Chavos Avavos talks about: how one deals with successes and how one deals with setbacks in the light of Hishtadlus and Amuna, how they work together. Um, but at the night of the Seder, we go at the time of Kuloi Matzah. We we, we we throw ourselves into understanding the beauty and the and the privilege of having a neshama, and not just any neshama, having a neshama of a Jew, who through the emuna that the Jewish people embarked in, as uh, the Tolan Rebbe taught me, showed me a, a sasemis, a beautiful sasemis. The sasemis says that we say to the chacham, you know what's this? What's what's all this uh, work? And we tell them, uh, so the 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 Svasema says that we're telling the chacham that hold on, you're you're chacham, you know you love to learn and everything, but at this night we're stepping before. We had Torah before you had all the beautiful um, uh, things that allow you to express yourself in a Jewish way. The Jews in Mitzrayim had no mitzvahs, 
had no Torah. They just had the experience of years and years and decades of bondage. And from that, they came out and invested in Emuna and believed that Moshe Rabbeinu, believed that, that Moshe was their leader and he was going to lead them out of Mitzrayim, even though it, it didn't make sense. They didn't really see any, any door to, to leave Mitzrayim, any opening. But they, 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 they believed in the promise. They believed in Hashem. And as the, the altar of Kelm said, that it was the Emuna in HaKadosh Baruch Hu that created the doorway, the opening, that led to their ability to leave Mitzrayim. It wasn't that we left Mitzrayim and now they had Emuna that they left. It was the Emuna that they had when they didn't have any knowledge of how they're going to leave. And Moshe Ben presented and said, Hashem is ready to take you out. And they believe, Ayamin Ha'om. And then Moshe went to Paro and pleaded, let the people out. So, so the author of Kelm says, it, 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 what do you put, the horse or the buggy, which one do you put first? So in our, with our eyes, we always put, put the horse, but what else is going to drive the wagon? But the altar of Kelm says that the Torah is teaching us it was the Amuna that they had without knowing how the promise would come out. That's what created the opportunity for them to leave Mitzrayim. He, Moshe needed that. Moshe needed that Amuna in order to come to Paro and present his case. So what is that? What is all this telling us? So this is this is exactly what we were talking about. Paro is the Yitzhahara. Moshe is the Yitzhah Tov. The Emunah that the Yitzhah Tov has comes to Paro. Paro can't kill him and wipe him out. There is no way. Even the Yitzhahara knows. But the Yitzhahara also has a mission. <laughs> the, the mission, the, we, we have to believe that evil in this world was created by HaKadosh Baruch as well for a purpose. So yes, we, we pray that we shouldn't have tests and we shouldn't have, you know, but when we say Yotzer uh, Or uh, in the morning, Yotzer Or, the true verse of that Pasuk is that Hashem created evil. What are we blessing God for creating evil? So we change it because it's not, most of us can't deal with Get, wrap our arms, we would never get past that blessing. We would throw off our tefillin and run out of the shul. What? What? <laughs> we run away. But So we changed it to Sakol. He created everything. But in that everything is, is evil. It's, it's, it's masked. But that's, that's life. But the Seder night, we take off the mask. Kuloi matzah. We're, we're dealing with our neshamas and saying, really, what is, makes us so privileged? Why are we so special? It's not politically correct. But there are times when we have to understand, we have to calibrate ourselves. When you calibrate, you say, take off everything off the scale and make sure it has to zero out. You know, it has to make, make sure that it's balanced exactly. Then you can put things on it, and then you know this is, you know, it's calibrated and... and it, it, it balances out. But Seder night is kuloi matzah. We, we're all thinking about our neshama. 
We're not even hiding behind our leader, Moshe Rabbeinu. His name is not in the Haggadah. It's just us. It's the same power we have. Moshe Rabbeinu gave us and uh, opened our eyes to that power of our neshama. And therefore, Parah couldn't kill because he also had a mission. Which brings us, of course, to this uh, tremendous uh, argument between the Rambam and the Ravid. You know why Para wasn't why Para was punished. He was just doing what God wanted him to do. It was told to Avram Avinu that your children are going to be enslaved in a land that doesn't belong to them. Turned out to be Egypt. So Egypt should get a Yashikoyach. They should get a plaque on a building somewhere that they uh, brought Klal Yisrael to levels of Emuna that they never had. Right? Then they endured the plagues. We should make banquets for them. Right? Well. well Part of it is true that you're not allowed to um, hurt a, a Mitzri because we were sojourners into their land. I mean, you know, we did learn from it. It's true that, but, but so there are many answers to this question. It's a beautiful question to discuss. The Ramam discusses, you know, maybe they were, you know, they could have been Yitzha with uh, just having the, the Jews there and making them work, but didn't have to enslave them. They went overboard. They were too frum in their, in their, <laughs> in their taking their mission too seriously. You know, there's many different answers and they all have to be discussed. But, uh, but they also have a mission. They also have a mission. They have to understand their mission. But the Seder night is for us to understand who, who we are and what makes us tick. And it's the Muna that drove our belief, and it's, of course, the Emunah drive our belief, but it, it drive, makes us who we are. It's the Emunah is such a powerful force that Hashem wants us to see it, wants us that our eyes, our physical eyes, should be able to see through any the trappings and just smile and laugh at the people who are trying to market us into a belief or into, um, you know, into... into lure us into something else. We just smile and say, that's very creative. I appreciate the creativity, but I know and you know this is not for me. The person who's making the commercials, you know, you know the, they pay for, a, you know, the commercial in the Super Bowl, right? It's all everybody talks about how much... The, everybody knows what they present that... There is no life if you don't eat this or you don't have this, or you don't do this or go here. You know, they know that it's false, but they're paid money to present and stay up all night being creative and presenting it with all the graphics and all the uh, everything that shows that it's so real. But they laugh at themselves. And we have to smile at the creativity. Wow, Hashem made such creative people. <laughs> but we're we're kulei matzah. We we see right through it. It's not it's not for anybody. Most of the things are not for anybody. But they're certainly not gonna bring a Jew to any level of perfection. Uh, and how, but how, we deal with it with a, with a smile and a uh, an about an about face. <laughs> you know. That's that's how we deal with it, and this is all the all the the, the things that we do in the seder are there to make changes to elicit uh, questions. Questions mean that we have a we have a foundation, 
and we, therefore we can ask a question. That's what a question means. I know what I, what I want, or else it's not a question. It's a, I, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly being pulled in every di- which direction. When I have a question, it's I have an anchor, and I'm questioning why this is different. Why are you doing this differently? And that's what the Seder night is always that. Where's my anchor? My anchor is an emuna. All the different levels of emuna, and and that that Hashem is talking to me, and He has a tremendous, uh, uh, beautiful personal message and mission for each one of us, as individuals, and as we start building our families, as we start raising our children. Um, um, you know, we have to ask, what is, what is my particular brand of emuna? How am I going to teach it? And it's, uh, and it's a personal question, but of course, it, it, it sheds light for the, for the Kalal Yisrael, for everybody. And this is, uh, you know, uh, this is, this is the, um, the, the eternal message of, so it comes the night, the night of Pesach is, Yes, reliving the past, and but we also living it in the in the present, and uh, it's a it's a it's a night of tefillah as well. There's an aspect of tefillah. The Sfarim talk about um, that what turned the, the Jewish people around and and opened the doors was that they really felt that when they screamed out to our Kadosh Baruch Hu in in uh, and we mentioned this in the Haggadah. Vanitzak el Hashem. The Sforim writes that uh, at this point of the Haggadah, a person has to start, has to pray and say, we're also asking, we also have requests for our families, for our parnasa, for our, and, and, and it also, Hashem is waiting for us sometimes to have the Amuna and to scream out with conviction, and that will drive the, and create the opportunity. Um, Nitzak El Hashem. Nitzak El Hashem. Part of the Maggid, no? Yeah, part of the Maggid, yeah. Right when we start darshaning all the, uh-huh. the psukim after Vahisha Amda. Right after you come to Vahisha Amda, uh, we start darshaning the, that parsha of Bikurim. Uh-huh. I, I hear when it says that the child asks. At that point, is another time for tefillah. Also, also. We're children yeah. of Hashem. We can have right. an opportunity to ask. That's right. Yeah. I think Rebrevda brings it either from the Goyen or someone that... Um, so the... You know, so, so we have to read carefully, go through the Haggadah today, tomorrow, and be sensitive to all the instructions. Get a, you have to have a Haggadah that has good instructions. When to pick up the matzah, when to uncover it, when to pick up the cup. And we follow all these instructions because they, they are leading us towards our own personal redemption, our own personal opportun- belief that Hashem can bring us out even when there is no doorway, not just it's locked. Sometimes we feel so locked into a certain pattern um, that we don't even see a doorway. And Hashem will make, can make a doorway and give us the key how to, how to open it. Um,
And that starts today. It really starts today when we burn the chametz. Um, and then, you know, and tomorrow when we separate ourselves from the chametz, as we spoke, it's the only yomtiv that uh, we start separating ourselves a half a day before. Uh, so some some say that the, the erev Pesach has is not just erev yomtiv; it it has a it is a yomtiv in itself. We stop eating chametz. We can't yet eat matzah, but it's it's the it's the preparation, um, and it's a yomtiv itself. That's when we sacrifice the the carbon pesach, and we sacrifice the other carbon on a normal year, except when it's Shabbos, as we mentioned yesterday. Uh, that that combination, uh, I'm just repeating it again, uh, that combination of of that carbon that we ate from, right? There was a carbon chagiga that we ate from um, as our meal <coughs> prefaced the carbon Pesach because now that we're, we're, we don't have any chametz in ourselves, um, we eat this meal and we come to a level where we have to be very careful and we say, okay, now I'm satisfied. That's when you have the obligation to eat the the, the carbon pesach. The carbon pesach is that realization of that I'm I am satisfied. Why am I satisfied, and what does that mean? Satisfaction is is in itself a a um, accomplishment of of the neshama that I can not just gauging how much my stomach can fill and I fill myself till the gills till I'm ready to plot but I can stop and say I'm satisfied, I'm really satisfied. Then comes the carbon Pesach and you eat that kazayas on a satisfied stomach. If it's too full, then it, it could be a problem. If it's too little, then it's also a problem. Which gives us, is really what this balance that we're talking about between the Neshama and the Yetzirah. And uh, that's, what, that's what the night of, of Pesach is... Uh, is really all about. It's an opportunity, a great, great opportunity. And all the mitzvahs, um, then we come to all the mitzvahs, is what we're telling the Chacham, that we come to all the mitzvahs, but we're, now we're going back to the basics. It's the Amuna that drives everything. The Amuna gives us a, a baseline of, of understanding and appreciation for who we are as Jews and who we are as, as followers of the faith, not just you know people that are born as Jews, you know, um, and 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 uh, that famous question of uh, you know the, the, uh, her educators uh, they went to in different high schools and they they you know you know you know they have you know they have that uh, what is it the Office Depot or one of them, uh, Staples you know they have a button. Oh, that's easy, right? <laughs> that button, you know, that button. So they said they went around, they passed around the button. He says, "Here's a button. You can press this button, and you're not, not, not a Jew anymore. You're not a Jew. Yeah. Would you press that button? One day, one, one day, you're not a Jew. And un- unfortunately, there are many of of these high school students that say, "Yeah, sure, I'd love to have a break." <laughs> I'd love to have a break, but the, hopefully the Seder night, um, the education and the beauty that a, that a child sees in the home, 
where does that come from? It comes from the parents. Because the parents enjoyed preparing for the Yom Tov. They enjoyed all the cleaning and they whistled while they worked, you know. Um, who grew up with the, with the, what was it, who, the seven dwarfs? Who was it? Snow White. Snow White and the seven dwarfs, <laughs> and they whistled to work. That was a certain work ethic, right? <laughs> Today it would be racist, right? <laughs> you can't... Uh, <laughs> You can't have any of them. <laughs> it's going to be another one that's banned from, from the society. But you whistle while you work. It was something worth it. It's a privilege that we have a job. Privilege that I'm working. Where am I on the, on the food chain? Who cares? I have a parnasa. I have a job. I enjoy what I do. I'm doing something productive. That's, and if the children see that it's a pleasure, not, oh, you have to do the fridge, I have to do the kitchen, oh, yeah, yeah, you have to clean the car, and oh, yeah, yeah, how awful it is, and oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't give a nice impression to the children. Yeah, come to the Seder, the wife is falling off her feet, and it's true, but with a smile on her face. It's a smile, Baruch Hashem, the husband is helping, and the home is, is, is uh, you know, is, is on fire. And and uh, there's not there's different things to eat or there's nothing to eat but we're preparing for yontif, and the children see that, and that's what the mitzvah of he got it to Labincha. as I, I told someone the the hafla says that he got it to Labincha. we say in the beginning of Parshas Boy it says that uh, that that, that uh, Paro and Moshe argued who should who should go Paro finally said okay who should who's gonna go. So Moshe says, well, the children and the elders, our sons and our daughters, our, our animals. And Paro says, what are you talking about? You want to go serve your God, take the adults, go out, shecht a few carbonists, and then come back to, to leave, leave your children here. So what was this argument? So I heard many, many years ago that the argument was that, that Jewish education is the Jewish experience. It's not, it's not a classroom um, education. It's, it's, it's the whole experience. It's the whole journey through life as a Jew. And, and children have to see that the parents are, enjoy going to work and going to daven and going to learn and, 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 and uh, you know, they wouldn't have it any other way. And he says, that's Vigarato Labincho Ben Bincha. And a person has to tell his sons and his grandchildren. So he says, why is there a mitzvah for, for a, a person to tell his grandchildren? He has sons that will tell their sons. So all you have to do is tell, uh, uh, it's a bit to tell your sons. And your sons, if you have sons, then they will tell their sons. So, so he says, no, the, it's, it's true. That is true. But what is going to guarantee that your sons are going to teach their sons? That depends on how you teach your sons. The, the, it says the Hafla in an unbelievable insight. He says, you have to teach your sons in a way that they will be so excited that there's no way they're not going to teach their sons this because this is life itself. This is so exciting. This is so dramatic. This is life. It's, this is really, really what it's all about. And, and that's what it means. You, so you're teaching your sons in a way that guarantees that he will teach yours, his children and his children will teach their children. Even if it generates when you're not around, you know it's going to continue. And that, 
that's what Moshe Rabbeinu did for us. He's not here. We don't mention the Haggadah. And everybody still stays up till 2, 3 in the morning, battling and talking, asking questions. He's not around. He's not even mentioned. But he, he imbued the Jewish people with the, the, the beauty and the love for, for everything that's, that's real. Okay? And this um, Paro, of course, was... He knew that was true, but his mission is to challenge it. His mission is to stand there and say, no, 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 no. What do you mean? Religion is not life itself. It's a, it's a cultural thing. You're a Jew, you're this religion, you're this religion, it's all the same. It's just a different, uh, uh, you know, culture. But it's all culture. That's where they're making a mistake. It's not culture. It's not culture. It's life. It's who we are. And as who we are, we, we, you know, besides you get into the fact which one is true or not true. This is life itself. That, uh, you, know, uh, you know, no other religion uh, uh, really, really believes in. And that's why that's the that's the Seder night, and uh, and therefore, um, yes, of course we do we do all the mitzvahs that helps us. Baruch Hashem, Hashem gave us all the mitzvahs to help us. Uh, that we don't have to just sit there and intellectualize and uh, uh, you know uh, battle it out of the battle of the minds. We can eat the matzah, we can drink the four cups of wine, and you know it, it, it it's part of our physicality. We drink wine, you loosen up, you. You, you 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 say things you can say things that are, that are uninhibited a little bit, but you know you can ask open questions and then the matzah and then everything else the bitter herbs and everything else, uh, but it that, that helps us. But the base is that we we have this belief system that Hashem gave us uh, that we earned that we, we believe them. Okay, have a wonderful Yantav, everybody. Yantav. Interesting, Moshe's name, if you add a nun to it, speaks of the word Nishan.